reviewing and kind of revisiting old favorites on the film front. And uh, we've been, you know, we're constantly introducing our daughter Ellie to um, movies and especially movies we liked as kids. And so uh, recently we had <laughs> we had shown her the the Bill and Ted movies. You know. Oh, that's fun. So. Uh, uh, we haven't watched the newest one yet, but uh, we were watching that and I was going, oh, my God, these are really terrible. <laughs> and, of, and of course, she loves them. You know? they, they are terrible, but they're they are fun, too. I, I don't know. I, yeah. I have a little nostalgia towards them. Oh, uh, I do, too. The new one I is fun, too. too. It, it's I mean, it's the same yeah. same thing. And yeah. And the Bergman connection, you know, like, you know, if you're going right, to make fun of Bergman, right. um, <laughs> I'm OK with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so she's really digging that. And. And uh, so we've done a little bit of that. We showed her Casablanca too, and uh, which we realized was probably um, a little uh, complex for her, yeah. um, <laughs> you know. So we because we had to like pause a couple times and explain some things to her, but she seemed to enjoy it enough. And okay, uh, so yeah. So we've been doing a little bit of that and just kind of easy, familiar viewing, which has been kind of a comfort in these. Difficult times. Well, we're, we're we're getting through them. We're we're almost, uh, you know, we're. Are almost, we, Aaron? Yeah. Are we getting? Well, oh, okay. I'm I'm an optimist. <laughs> I'm back. I'm vaccinated. So, um, so I I I I got vaccinated, and I, I this is, sounds terrible, but I went to the grocery store the other day, which is not something that would like a year and a half ago would be even worth mentioning on the podcast. It's so sundry and mundane. Um, but I went to the grocery store and of course everybody's avoiding me like the plague as they should, you know, it's, uh, we're, these safety precautions are, are there for a reason, but I'm like, I'm thinking they don't know. I, I felt like Superman. <laughs> like, like I had this secret power inside you me. You get a tattoo on your forehead that says vaxxed. Well, I, I got a mask that said fully vaccinated. So, um, Oh, that's great. Okay. So, I need yeah. to get me one of those. So, you know, when people see me, it's at, not like, but, People aren't going to be dumb and take off masks and all that, but uh, you know, just lower the, uh, the the stress level. You know, it's like, uh, hey, you know what? I I like that. It, so let me know where you bought that because I may have to I may have to get me one of those. You got it. Amazon.com. <laughs> it's easy to find. Okay, well there if we you, go. If, if you're not boycotting them, but uh, so anyway, I, Jill... I can't afford to boycott anybody, Aaron. <laughs> I know, me neither. <laughs> Jill Blake, uh, boy, it's been a while. I I, I think we, the last time we did the show was. Did we do it with Wade um, a long time that ago? That seems familiar. Yeah. Maybe. Drink. Uh, was it? Yeah. Was it? Uh, we talked about Notorious, maybe. Oh, yeah, that's was right. Was it that long? That's, yeah, that, that was it. That was it. Oh, that, was, that was a great episode. I had a lot of fun with that. Um, that great, was fun. Great movie. Um, yeah, it's been a while. But, we, you know, we've we've talked and actually we've seen each other, I think, in person since then. Um, so I what, feel like that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know there's been a pandemic in between. I know it's, it's been it's literally been like 50 years, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's like uh, yeah, it's good to good to have you again and um thanks for and, having me. Yeah, and what what's what's funny is I I you know I when I saw there was a Freddy title, uh Freddy March is, <laughs> you know, I know I know somebody that's big on him. I was like, hmm, darn, I and, and it's, it's not a knock on the guest I had for that episode because you could never predict, like you know, the the movies that you're going to talk about because you know Criterion doesn't tell you. But I was like, oh, maybe I could get Jill <laughs> last minute. Uh, but <laughs> but yeah, no, I, we had a good talk. But I, I'm going to ask your opinion on that because I I think uh, it would be a disservice 
to our listeners if I didn't. <laughs> People are waiting with bated breath to find out what does Jill Blake think about the latest Frederick March title. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, I, I, are you still? I, I know at one time you were thinking about a book uh, of. Uh yeah, uh, that's um that's the goal. It's kind of been simmering uh, for, for you know the better part of a decade. I'm I'm still gathering. Uh, research and making notes and writing and you know so maybe in another you know five six years i'll uh, get together now hopefully before then but um, no i i am i uh finally got a little serious on it last year and started really uh or i mean i have i'm looking at file boxes full of of papers and photocopies and so I've been sorting and and kind of working on a timeline and inserting all of those pieces inf- of information and making notes and everything. So once I kind of get that process done, which is really, I've always kind of equated, I love researching. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of like going to <laughs> a buffet and filling your plate. At some point, you have to eat it, and that's the that's <laughs> right. the uh, going through and organizing and writing part. And so, for the past you know eight or nine years, I've just been going up to the buffet <laughs> and just piling the plate. And I realized, oh shit, I need to actually go through this. That's um, a, a good so, analogy. <laughs> yeah, so I've been scanning stuff in and and organizing and. Um, actually making some decent progress on getting my thoughts kind of pulled together. So we'll see. Hopefully in, in a few years I, I'll have something put together. Hey, I, I've been there. I, I, I had a book deal. I, I, don't, I, I don't think I've talked about it on this podcast because it's not about movies. And it's, it's tough. It's really tough. So um, yeah. It's hard to find the discipline to do it. And I kept thinking yeah. that, like, you know, all last year when we first got into lockdown and everything, I thought, all right, you know, when it looked like, okay, this year is just toast, I thought, oh man, I'm just going to really um, you know, plow through this and, and really get this thing written. It's going to be awesome. And I literally did nothing <laughs> on it. I mean, it just kind of like, it just sat there and I realized it took so much energy just to survive yeah. all of oh, this no, stress I get it. that, I get you know, it. doing anything on top of that was just too much, you know? Well, you did do an, an essay and, um, and in fact, we'll get to the uh, announcements and all the other, other stuff, but, um, but I think, think it's worth bringing up, uh, this, um, so indicator has been putting, putting out some great work and, and the one thing that's tough is even to me or to the p- people we know, you can't say, Hey dude, uh, this is coming out, <laughs> so because it's got to right. be. They can't uh, leak the uh, the the titles ahead of time. But I was pleasantly surprised. Um, uh, so Indicator has a, really a, a great noir series. Uh, um, they've already got three box sets out, and uh, you were in the first one featured for Drive a Crooked Road. Um, I was, which is a m- remarkable movie. I just rewatched it. Uh, yeah, it, it's such a great little film, and. Um, you know, I was really happy. I've had a couple opportunities in the last few years to, you know, do a couple things for some special features for Arrow and a couple, mm-hmm. and, I've, and I've had to turn them down because of the timing um, and and the quick turnaround I wasn't able to do because of other commitments. Sure. And so when, uh, when I was uh, contacted by um, Powerhouse uh, to do this essay, I was actually 
in the midst of a real, probably the biggest um, project I was working on at the time, but I, I accepted it because I absolutely love this film. I hadn't mm -hmm. seen it in a few years, but I love this film and I'm a, I unabashedly love Mickey Rooney um, uh, as an actor and um, except for breakfast at Tiffany's <laughs> and, um, and I, I do love him as an actor and, and I wanted to have an opportunity to write, write about that. And it was, it also is my first um, published a booklet essay. Oh, cool. So I, I, I wanted to kind of check that off the list too. And I'm such a big fan of their, of, uh, their label. Um, and so it was a, it was a really great, uh, process working with, they are so lovely to work with. I've heard a great, great editor, um, that I worked with. He really, um, you know, that essay, um, is all, is, just as much of a reflection of his of his great editing and and guidance Sorry, on that. Sorry, I couldn't hear what you said. <laughs> Thanks, Siri. <laughs> that was um, my Apple Watch that just somehow got activated. Um, he he, uh, you know, that essay is just as much uh, a reflection of his work as mine. He really, um, it's always an honor to to have an, a good editor. Mm -hmm. uh, work with you. And, and so that was a wonderful process and it's a really good looking box set. And I would, I would have it regardless uh, of my involvement in it. It's just a really, really great, uh, box set, great movies. Um, I'm waiting on my, uh, I ordered the second box set and, uh, pre-ordered the third. And mm -hmm. because I pre-ordered the third, all of the other things I ordered are sitting there. Waiting. Isn't that horrible? I know. I, <laughs> so I, I, like, <laughs> I pre-ordered the second with the first cause I, I didn't buy, no, 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 I'm sorry. I did buy the first right away cause I saw you were on it, but I pre-ordered mm -hmm. the second with something else. So I, yeah, it's, and I have, so I have the second now, and I, um, I, I just finished finished the first. So, uh, and I finished with Drive a Crook, Crooked Road, and um, and and really, uh, yeah, that that's a film. I, I'm not gonna give too much away. The the funny thing with noirs though, and and classic Hollywood, and and one thing I thought when reading your essay and and watching the film again, I'd already seen it a few years ago, um, is that the 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 code actually made films predictable. And uh, and mm -hmm. and I, I think the angle that you approached the essay and Mickey Rooney's character um, now, and I, again, I'm not going to go into the ending, even though it's an old mm -hmm. film. But the code, the code actually, I think, worked to the advantage of uh, the the way this uh, this character and how different he is from normal uh, noir protagonists. Um, oh, absolutely. And uh, absolutely, and, and, yeah. So because. I think they kind of had to a lot of times reverse engineer into the ending. And so yeah. you get this great character out of it and, uh, and a very yeah. unique character. And, and I, I, and I can't, he, can't see anybody but Rooney playing him. Well, exactly. And, and, you know, I know that like, I think he gets unfairly maligned because of, you know, people think of him as like cranky old man Rooney, you know, right. right. Or um, Annie Hardy. And, <laughs> Exactly. And, and I have a soft spot for the Andy Hardy movies. I mean, they're, they're, they're no great, you know, cinematic event or anything, mm -hmm. but, um, I do have a fondness for them, but he really was, um, one of the great actors. If you look at him in, in like, um, the human comedy or, um, 
national velvet. Oh yeah. Uh, he, I mean, he really, if he had the right kind of direction, he was, he, you know, he could play up, you know, he could tote, I mean, he hammed it a mm-hmm. lot. Oh yeah. Um, but he really was a very skilled, uh, actor and entertainer, you know, who he had been acting, working since he was like two years old. Um, and so I just feel like this movie really tapped into all of the all of his best qualities mm-hmm. um, that a lot of uh, directors just didn't know how to exploit. Um, and he really it's one of the most I mean, if you've not seen this film, I mean, he gives a sympathetic, subdued performance Very and those so, are not yeah. and that is not what you would normally think when when you're thinking of mickey rooney so if you are if you are looking at this film and going oh i do not want to watch you know a hardy turns dark <laughs> sure. that's not what this movie it's is at all. at all um it's just it's you just want to wrap him up in your arms <laughs> he's just so <laughs> he's pitiful. great yeah um but such a great character um, and I, I won't get too much into you know which scenes I'm talking about, but one thing I that struck me out when I rewatched the movie is really great use of rear projection. You know, I mean, that, oh, yeah. that was a necessity back in the time, but you know nowadays it's pretty obvious. And sometimes there there, there are some really bad uses of rear projection. Some right. in many many, many movies and in a lot of good movies actually. You just we just kind of overlook them. But, um, right, but yeah, right. r- really, really a uh, good, good noir, great set. So I've... I will, I will say too that, um, you know, I'm glad you brought up the rear projection thing because I do find that in some, um, remastered, uh, films or classics that have been remastered, uh, on, and are on Blu-ray that the older technology, the the rear projection or some of the camera tricks that they would do, um, it, it doesn't translate as well yeah. in in a in a high def situation. Um, I know that when um, Foreign Correspondent came out on Blu-ray, mm. I was really disappointed because some, I felt I felt like I was taken out a little bit um, of some, uh, on some of those because you could see like a a, a clear demarcation line on some of the like the sets um or the backdrops and so sometimes that happens um with a blu-ray release not always but sometimes and in this situation you know this is such a low budget film and i was very um pleasantly surprised at how well that the rear projection and those those things translated uh, to Blu-ray, mm-hmm. so that's that's also a positive. But it's one thing every time that a that a film, an old film, comes out on Blu-ray, I'm I'm very excited, um, but also I'm kind of holding my breath to see how how it looks once it's sometimes it's just too much yeah you know or like when they're getting we're getting into the 4k thing i'm going ooh, okay maybe some of these movies <laughs> need to not be 4k <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. but no this was good and and it, it, it yeah. lent an energy to some some of the uh the more pivotal scenes so i i, I yeah i was pleasantly surprised as well and i think it's been on the criterion channel um it's part it of the, the columbia uh, noir set so yes. um so yeah it might still be there i'm not sure um, well, let's uh, talk about a little criterion. And uh, as I said before, never know what's uh, going to be announced when we book a guest. So, but I know your tastes, and I don't know if you've seen all these, and that's okay. <laughs> 
but um, but we'll go through them anyway. In fact, frankly, I haven't seen a lot of these. Sure. It was a, a really weird month uh, in that regard. I've I've seen two of these, um, so and two out of six. That's a that's a pretty low batting average for me. But um, I've seen none out of six. So this is going to be <laughs> this is going to be very uh, wow. very interesting for me. So th- yeah, this is completely new lineup for me. Yeah. Well. Wow. Okay. Well. Um, well, okay, I, I knew ahead of time, but one of the one of those those I, I'm surprised about. So we'll we'll get to that one. Um, <laughs> so the, I like to keep everybody on their toes. So yeah, uh, no spoilers. <laughs> but um, so we have the human condition, uh, Masaki Kobayashi, one of my favorite directors uh, from J- the Japanese uh, classic era. Uh, I've seen a number of his films, but uh, this one, uh, because it's, uh, I don't know how many hours, nine hours or so, it's in three parts. It's supposed to be a masterpiece. This is how sick I am, Jill. I, I, I own the the DVD. I own the Arrow, I think it's Arrow, Blu-ray, and I pre-ordered the Criterion, and I've not watched it once. <laughs> so so I, I, I will mean, watch it. That's a big project, though, to sit down and, and yeah. tackle that. It's tough to find nine and a half hours even. <laughs> and you can only watch a masterpiece for the first time once. That's, that's and right. so there's a lot of pressure there. So you want to make sure you're in the right frame of mind. I well, get it. I appreciate you you forgiving me for <laughs> not uh, not watching, <laughs> wasting money effectively. But um, but yeah, you know, I, I hear this is uh, you know pretty much a masterpiece. You know, one of the best films of its era. Um, so we'll see. Uh, and it, it is an upgrade, so I, it mostly the same special features, I believe. Um, so, uh, and you haven't seen it, but you know much about it. No, I don't. I don't know. My, this is awful. I'm a, I'm terrible <laughs> for this. I don't. So, but I'm actually looking looking for. I saw saw it on the, and I was reading about it, and I'm looking forward to it. So I'll probably snag it. Um, cool. Yeah, when it comes out. If you want, you can have one of my old ones. <laughs> <laughs> I'll snag it and then let it sit on my shelf for five years until <laughs> I find nine and a half hours to to dedicate to it. So. Yeah, and with a kid, it's even tougher. <laughs> the next one I'm really excited about, and I haven't seen it. It's uh, Streetwise Tiny slash Tiny, so it's two documentaries, and um, it's about uh, uh, runaway teenagers um, living on the streets of uh, really Seattle. And, and this one's been rumored for uh, a couple of years. I think it's even been on, on, on the channel for a while. Um, I won't ask if you've seen it because I know you haven't. Uh, but uh, but I'm I, I kind of love, love these um, these documentaries where they kind of get these, you know, I, I hate to say tragic stories, but you know they capture uh, an element of life that uh, you know we we might not think about, we might not appreciate, and um, might not have a, a much of sympathy for. Uh, uh, you know, I'm kind of thinking of uh, uh, like, um, like um, what was Paris the uh, drag? Uh, Paris oh, is burning. Um, yes, Paris is burning. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. not... I, I love. I, I wish Criterion would actually release more um, documentaries um, because I love all of the editions that they've put out. Uh, documentaries they've put out have all been, you know, very uh, well thought out and get more eyes on them than anyway, I like, I want a, like a Harlan County uh, upgrade because it's such a, oh, we watched that one yeah. in college, you know, it's, and, oh, well overdue. Yeah. So I, I'm actually very excited about this one. I have heard about it, but I've, I have never seen it. Yeah, me too. And it's a, 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 a well, 
a female and a male filmmakers. So um, Mary Ellen Mark, and I don't know her, but I, I uh, there's also um, Martin Bell, who's the uh, co-director, and uh, he does a commentary on, on one of them. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think we're, I just talked to my wife about this. You know, it's interesting, like now in the last five years, really thanks to a lot of streaming services, you know, we're, we're kind of in a golden age for documentaries. Right. Um, and a lot of people are consuming documentaries, but there's also a lot of bad ones out there. And by right. bad, like really bad. And so yeah. I, I agree. I think there's a, there's a, there's a market and there's an audience and, uh, for, for these old documentaries and, and they kind of recreate these conversations that, um, you know, maybe I, I'm sure the streetwise and, and tiny, you know, had an impact back then, but, um, right. But the fact that we can talk about it four decades later, later is uh, amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah. So can't wait for it. It has a lot of features, uh, quite a few it has short films from bell. Um, yeah. A lot of speakers, so I'm I'm definitely picking this up. Well, I get all of them. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the next one is the signifying works of Marlon Riggs. I'm very excited about this one. Uh, I'm thrilled about this one, and I, w- I want to say somebody had um, had pointed out the title and the apostrophe, mm-hmm. the signifying. So, it, and I think they pointed out that it was gr- grammatically incorrect, and. Um, and you met my wife, uh, you know, she's a, a linguist, and we were talking about this. And um, yeah, this is actually part of, uh, I it used to be called African-American English Vernacular. And I think now that it's, you know, they just call it Black English, uh, you know, just mm-hmm. the appropriate term. But um, but that, that apostrophe is, you know, signifies that it's uh, Black English or AAV. Right. Um, so, right. So yeah, that's not something anybody should complain about. That's the no, no. And I, I want to point out too that um, you know Criterion, I believe it was a, around this time last year, or maybe a little bit later. Um, and I, I think again, my my time is like <laughs> one big blob. I can't keep things straight. But I, I want to say it was after um, the murder of George Floyd, and a lot of people and, and companies and, uh, colleges, just everybody, everybody with, and Breonna Taylor too, mm-hmm. people were reevaluating, um, their own racism, their own biases yep. and, and should, and, oh my God, we're, we need to have, uh, more diverse voices and, and Criterion, uh, was, uh, part of that conversation, I believe there was a, an essay. There's a New York Times article. There New York a Times of, article yeah, yeah. Um, written about how the Criterion Collection is, is really white. Yep. And, um, and I really applaud um, the collection for what they've done. They, um, they uh, have really made a commitment to, have a more diverse lineup and, and they were kind of already doing that on the channel too, mm-hmm. um, by programming, uh, more diverse, uh, you know, women filmmakers, black filmmakers, international cinema. Um, but we're, I believe we are starting to see that diversity, um, come into the, the, the home distribution side of the company. And also they hired, um, Ashley Clark, of help with that curation 
And so this is, um, I think this is a great addition, um, to the collection. I'm really, really, really excited about it. Me too. And, and Ashley is great. And, um, and I, I, that's one thing. So uh, the last year was terrible in a lot of ways and a lot of institutions were, um, may have perceived that they were attacked, but they were really called out and, Right. Um, and, and I credit Criterion, uh, you know, they've they've talked about the act of curation. And so they were already underway uh, with a, 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 a effort to put more female filmmakers in the collection. Right. And and you, right. you can only do that so much because, of course, you know, classic Hollywood, there's basically Dorth, Dorothy Arzner and Ida Lupino. And then there's you know, right. everything in between. Alice, or, well, then you ha- and you have Blachet and yeah. and oh, yeah. And Lois Weber. But, you know, those, you know, other labels like. Um, Kino and uh, Milestone and mm-hmm. you know they have done a great job I mean Criterion can't do it all I mean they're not the, the end all be all of that but um, yeah your options are limited um, on female filmmakers pre you know 19, what, 1970 yeah. you know and they're kind of even after you know they got Wanda right. was a big one um, right. but the and one thing you think about all the European classics and um and they're all, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're versions of white, you know, I, I mean, they're all, yeah, they're white. They're all white. Um, meanwhile, right. you know, they've, they've had some African film, you know, maybe some South American film, a lot, a lot of Asian film, but, but yeah, if you just do the math, there's, um, there's hardly any. Um, so, so I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm glad that they're using active curation to get the stuff in there. And, and it's not that, you know, I'm not thinking, saying this is a token release. I mean, this is a fascinating release, and this is a, probably my most anticipated uh, uh, release of the uh, of the month. So, um, right, you know, it's a uh, as it says, unapologetically gay man who uh, a gay black man who defied a culture of sh- silence and shame to speak truth. Um, with, right. With resounding... so, I mean... Yeah. Go sorry. No, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> well, with resounding joy and conviction. So. Um, uh, yeah, and there's so it's a bunch of films. I think they're shorts to you know mid-sized features, maybe short features and shorts. But there's what about uh, you know five six films on here, uh, and uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of great um, um, conversation or uh, supplements. So there's uh, an introduction to um, Riggs. Speaking of uh, Ashley Clark, he's um, he's part of that, and also some some other filmmakers. And uh, there's a uh, I actually have uh, Riggs's graduate thesis film, which I, I think is I, I love that. You know, see where they came from. Their their first, yeah. uh, and then the, um, what I think I'm looking forward to the most is there's a documentary called "I Shall Not Be Removed: The Life of Marlon Riggs." So yeah, you're going to get a full picture of what this man um, represented. That's going to be it's going to be a crash course in 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 uh, that this uh, filmmakers. Uh, Filmography, so I'm I am really really thrilled about it. Film school in a box. That's right. And next we have an Olympic film. <laughs> uh, well, at least hey, my Zetterling has a has a, yeah. a, a snippet in here. Um, she was in. I don't know if you've seen Women Make Film yet, uh, the Mark Cousins documentary. I haven't yet. No. I recommend it. It's it's really interesting. Um, I don't know if you've liked his other stuff. Um, yeah, I liked um, the story of film. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. um, I liked it a lot. So that, I know I know people are hit or miss, but um, yeah, 
I, I need to check it out. You'll I like just, it. I had got around to it. it, it and uh, my was, um, she, um, oh my goodness, what was she was in? She was an actress in Bergman films? Yeah, but, uh, uh, yes, but there was something that I saw her in. Uh, oh, Abandoned Ship. It's a great, 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 great film hmm. uh, that she was in in the 50s with Tyrone Power, 1957. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a great movie. Talented uh, person, and um, and she she really did direct some. Um, so I, I haven't seen them. I, I'm I'm really basing this opinion from women make film and and, what, and the samples mm-hmm. I saw in that that film. He 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 talks about her quite a bit, and uh, mm-hmm. it looks like she made some films that I want to see, and I hope that Criterion or somebody will put them out. Yeah. Um, but this is a uh, I've seen this, and I, I think Olympic films are interesting. Um, you know, some aren't great. So, you know, some you have to like sports, like the, um, right. especially from you know the '80s on. This one was was pretty interesting because they they had eight, um, you know, I guess you could call them auteurs having uh, their their you know kind of their spin on the um, on the Olympics or their their perspective and you know kind of mm-hmm. artistic touch. So you know, right. uh, you had um, I think was Semban? No, he wasn't in there. But Lelouch, Foreman, Ichikawa. Arthur Penn, you know, Schlesinger. Yeah. I mean, that's a mixed bag. Um, but the weird thing is that there, this was in a box set <laughs> and of the Olympics, which I'm guessing you don't own. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, but I've almost bought it like 50 million times. I I'm not it. kidding. I don't I, know why. I just, you know, I thought, well, maybe it's just some one of those cool things to have, you know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, we have it, and Andrea and I consumed all of them in like two, three months. We loved them, and and going back to the old okay. ones, you know, seeing how how crazy the early Olympics was, and you know, the silent films, you know, they, yeah, it was great. And then and then they they, you know, some some are not that great, but you know, of course, you have to deal with them. You know some some unpleasant times in history, but um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the, the, what's interesting is that you know that was just the movies. Is that was in that box set? I think there might have been like a disc with features, and I, I forget. But this time they they split this from the the um, the, the the box, and they put a lot of um, uh, special supplements on there, including a, a commentary by podcasters of the website The Ringer. Do you know them? I don't. I don't either. Um, <laughs> sorry <laughs> and, and a new documentary and and some other stuff too so i, I think it's a, a good idea um now I, yeah. I i don't want them to put out all <laughs> every single olympic film um but with its uh, own with its own thing but uh i don't know that might be kind of fun yeah yeah so <laughs> I, like, I d- damn it! I don't. I don't want to buy all this. <laughs> <laughs> so you buy them one at a time until you until you get to the box, and then you're yep. basically spent five times the box set. Yeah, um, yeah. And then the next one is a newer movie, and I haven't seen this, but you know, this is one. It's Pariah by Dee Rees. Yeah. Uh, who is a female filmmaker? I think female black filmmaker. I'm not positive on that. Um, but this one was uh was, you know, highly touted when it came out and it was kind of on that list i don't know about if if we're the same i try to watch new movies and keep up with them but sometimes there's just too many and um right um so i haven't seen this i guess you haven't either i haven't but it but i know um d is exceptional and this um this one's especially uh important for the collection because it's about uh queer black women yep and um 
that's not a story that gets uh, told too often. And um, I have some friends that have seen this film and they all say it's exceptional. So I'm very, very excited yep. to have it in the collection. Everybody I know uh, who ever talked about this film raved about it. And I, it was one of those, okay, I, I think it was even streaming on somewhere. And sometimes when they're, when they're streaming, I just figure they're always going to be there. And I, I just do not get to them. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but I'm looking forward to this. And, um, and I know there, there's a young cast, but so they have a cast reunion. Um, mm. And so I see how that is. It's probably a Zoom call. And I don't know. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I've seen a lot of Zoom calls, um, but in some other features. Uh, and, um, and I'm looking forward to, there's an interview with um, uh, this Kara Keeling, who um, wrote a book called Queer Times, Black Futures. So it seems like she is, uh, you know, an expert on uh, on this type, these types of de- depictions. So, yeah, again, excited for it. Yeah, can't wait. And our last film is I cannot believe you have not seen Pick Up on South Street, Jill. I know. You got some explaining to do. <laughs> I know it's just one of those that has you know escaped. I, I, it's been on the list and for whatever reason, I haven't, I'm not avoiding it. I just, (laughs) I just haven't, I haven't seen it. And I know it's, I know it's a problem. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) You don't have to go to confession. That's fine. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's, um, and I will watch it. I will get it, uh, when it comes out and I will finally watch it. Oh, it's it's so worth it, and um, and they don't mention her on the um, in the uh, the synopsis, but Thelma Ritter is amazing. This film, um, I love her. So I do much. too. I do too. And uh, Richard, Richard, I don't know if it's Vidmark or Widmark. I, I think I don't know. Wid, Widmark. Is it Widmark? Okay, he's yeah. he's good too. Is uh, uh you know the kind of uh, plays. Yeah, I, I won't get too too much into it. He's but. never not good. I mean, yeah, Matt, he is he is so great. He plays crazy like nobody mm-hmm. else. I love him so much. And Gene Peters is fantastic. I mean, I, I mean, that's the thing is like it's Samuel Fuller, right. Richard Woodmark, Gene Peters, all things Thumble Ritter, all people I love. So what's my excuse? <laughs> I have no excuse. Well, now you have um, the opportunity. <laughs> and uh maybe maybe we'll uh we'll revisit this after you've had a chance to see it because yeah, i I'd i think to. you'll love it i actually saw it in new york at film forum on on probably the same 4k restoration about six years ago um Very and cool. and as it turns out i went to the criterion collection um uh near around the same time um so i i expected this to be you know usually if a, if a 4k of a criterion is playing new york usually it's going to be um upgraded right away so i was like oh it's happening so no <laughs> six years not. later six years later <laughs> and so I, I know you 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 know a lot of critics and um and people in film circles do you know imogen sarah smith um i don't know her personally but i'm very familiar with her work and i'm um friends with some of her mutuals mm. um i absolutely love love her work i do too um, yeah and she's become a staple for any noir yeah or or in a lot of just classic hollywood um but yeah i i really love her her takes um so always excited and then and then um um angelica jade bastian is is writing the essay for this um and she is 
one of, um, she writes for, um, Vulture and a bunch mm-hmm. of other places, but she's written several essays for Criterion and, um, she just wrote a really excellent one on Cary Grant, uh, that I really loved, Who? uh, that's on their website on, um, uh, Cary Grant. Oh, was he an actor or something? Angelica. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, really great essay on the, on their website. But anyways, Angelica, I think is one of the finest, uh, film critics, essayists, um, writing today. Um, so I'm, I'm really, really excited to see what she's, what she's written about this. So Jill, this is, this is why we have you, you, you have saw none of those films, but you brought something to each and every one of them. So thank you, Jill, (laughs) for being Jill. Um, Uh, I'm just a great bullshit artist. So, you know, (laughs) Uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, no, you're great. Um, But but it would be remiss if I didn't ask you about the Arzner with Freddie March, uh, Merrily We Go to Hell. Uh, It's the second Arzner in the collection. Uh, We had uh, Dance Girl Dance, uh, which uh, I I really enjoyed. Um, So yeah, it's a fun one. What can we expect from from Merrily? So this is a really great film. Um, The... um, you know, Arzner had, uh, was really the only, uh, female director working at the time, groundbreaking director. And this is, uh, as about as pre-code as you can get. That's what we've heard. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which I, and I'm down so with. So it's, it's, you know, boozing, screwing, <laughs> <laughs> you know, cheating, um, Sylvia Sidney is just one of my absolute favorite actresses and she's absolutely stunning in this film. And, um, Frederick March, um, you know, he really, you know, I mean, everybody knows I love him and all that, oh, but, yeah. but, um, oh, he's great. he, um, he plays alcoholic very well hmm. and, uh, he, uh, played an alcoholic many times in many films. Uh, you know, most people think of a star is born. He was the original Norman Maine. Um, and you know, I've always, I've always kind of argued, you know, that he had a drinking problem in Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde too. And, um, in the like best years of our lives when he comes home and he, Mm -hmm. um, uh, is drinking to cope with that adjustment. And in merely we go to hell, he, he is a drunk. And, um, so you have that kind of, uh, added complication. So it's, you know, his addiction, infidelity, um, and you know, it's, it's, it's just a, it's a beautifully shot film. Arzner knew how to, uh, and it, you know, a lot of her films are, you know, they're woman, you know, women's pictures. Sure. I don't even know what the hell that means. You know, here they, they call it early feminist. No. Exactly. Um, but it's just the way that she, you're not going to, you just won't get this from another kind of director. The way that the, the camera is rooting for Sylvia the whole time. It's just, it's just a beautifully, beautifully shot film. And I, you know, I don't want to give anything away on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that, um, uh, this, uh, Frederick March worked with Arzner, I believe more than any other actor. Um, 
they did four films together, uh, including his very first film. So, um, which was, uh, oh, good goodness. The one with, um, I'm having a moment here. The one with Clara Bow. They did True to the Navy. And then they did uh, The Wild Party. That's what it was. Okay. So um, he did The Wild Party, True to the Navy, and he did Merrily with We Go to Hell. And then he was also in Sarah and Son with um, Ch- uh, Ruth Chatterton. And then he did, um, and I believe Arsner actually did his, uh, might have done his screen test too when he came to Paramount. Wow. Um, but care this this film um there's a an essay or I'm uh, sorry uh there's a video essay with my friend Carrie Beecham film historian Carrie Beecham oh, cool. and um what's fun I think I can say this but um I actually um had I had a phone call with Carrie and she had told me that she was doing this and so I've known for a bit of <laughs> that this was coming out before they announced it. And, um, I was kind of just giving her some, she was asking for some tidbits about March and his working relationship with, um, with Arsner. And, uh, <laughs> our phone call was on January 6th and, uh, oh, wow. our phone call took place, uh, when certain events were happening mm-hmm. and I had no earthly idea because I was on the phone with her and, uh, you know, I looked down and my, my watch was going on, like just blowing up with text messages. Like, are you seeing this? What's mm-hmm. going on? And, you know, and here I am blissfully describing, <laughs> you know, the, <laughs> we're having this great conversation, you know, and then I get off the phone and I go, Oh God, <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's, that's going on. It's hard to laugh about January 6th, <laughs> but, uh, but that's, no, um... it's, uh, it, no, it was not good. And no. so, so now I'm like, so every time I see this, you know, release now, I'm going to go, oh, shit. That was January 6th. At least you had a nice distraction. That didn't, you know, you still had your conversation and uh, and that didn't, because I, I had some conversations on that day um, and pretty distracted. So that's all I'll say. Yeah, I mean, and I knew that there was stuff going on. And, you know, you definitely didn't have a good feeling about it all. But, like, I was literally on the phone when, uh, you know, actual breach was happening. And so, mm. and, you know, and and part of me is kind of like, you know, I'm grateful for that because, mm-hmm. you know, otherwise, I, I pro- you know, I became a wreck later. But I, I am grateful for that, for that conversation that I had with yeah. Carrie during nice that time. distraction, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was pretty good, so... Anyways, it's a great film, and I'm 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 really happy that it's going to be in the collection. So. Can't wait! Yeah, I'm, that's uh, as we as we say, it's going right in the player. I'm going to watch that right away, so I can't wait. Wonderful. Um, all right, move on a little bit. Um, so we usually talk about the recent releases and coming soon. Um, as it turns out, we're recording this on the 22nd. I just got the uh, the World of One Car Y today. And I have no friggin' idea how to open it, <laughs> and and that's kind of me, Jill. I'm you probably are not surprised. Like furniture assembly, I just have no no patience. Um, you know, I'm, we mm-hmm. we pay we pay somebody. To, I'm not proud. <laughs> we pay somebody to mm-hmm. uh, our bar. You, you've seen our bar. Um, yeah. Very nice man put that together for me. Um, 
So what's funny is I, I just I was distracted. I was working, and uh, I got the package, and I'm like, oh yeah, it's a new box set. It's beautiful, and it really is beautiful. But it is mm-hmm. not, very counterintuitive. So I, I put out a joke about like, you know, does anybody have instructions on how to open this thing? Um, and I just <laughs> piddling with it. I couldn't get it. And then of course, my wife, she's like, oh, I got it. <laughs> and, <laughs> So did you have to call somebody to hire someone to come to your house to help you open up the box set? I, I might have to hire somebody every time I want to watch a Wong Kar Wai movie, um, unless I or hire somebody to write instructions. Um, now they, ha- I don't know if you've seen pictures, but um, and I don't know if you're a Wong Kar Wai person. Um, or, I I am not. It's not that I'm. I don't want to be, but maybe I. This mm-hmm. box that's kind of scaring me off, though. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the movies, I'm sure, are great, but uh, it's going to take a, a you know a lot of work to, 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 to and some power tools to get them out of the set when <laughs> before. So just well, it's like yeah, a couple years ago that the complete Monty Python Flying Circus uh, came out. It was on the Network on Air set, and and I got it. And uh, of course, you know, after I buy this this box set, like they sell the disc in a different packaging but anyways it it, first of all it shows up in this box and you take the lid off and all four sides just fall apart i remember that's part of it it's supposed to be an exploding box and Mm -hmm. then inside each series of of the show is in its own um in its own uh box and they're in these like cardboard slots but the cardboard slots are not strong enough to hold <laughs> the digipack. And so, you know, they were all torn. They didn't even make it. They were like, when they showed up, they were all torn. I'm like, I remember seeing that. Yeah. So, a, lot of, a lot of people are pissed off. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, okay, well the box, I think is going to go up because every time I open this damn thing, I can't close it back up, but I have each digipack that I can put on the shelf. But <laughs> it's like, of course, Monty Python would sign off on this box set that mm-hmm. is completely inefficient, does not work, <laughs> and explodes when you open it. So, and jokes you, on me. I guess. If you know Wong Kar Wai, I mean, it's kind of hard to make <laughs> make a comparison with Wong Kar Wai and um, and Monty Python. I definitely. Come on, did. we can do it. We can do it. <laughs> but well, the thing <laughs> thing is, I th- I think probably you know I've, he was very much involved with the making of this this box set, and you know he he likes stuff, you know just. I mean, he's 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 perfectionist. You know, he's he likes right. the stuff the way he likes it, and he probably had a hand in designing this, and and it really is beautiful. I, I'm I'm not gonna, I'm not knocking the packaging. I I did flip flip through it, and um, it really is re- remarkable. Um, it, but it, it's it's a puzzle, as as I as I mentioned, um, uh, kind of we were joking about it online. I I said it's for the um, the uh, the the art house cinephiles and puzzle master demographic that um, that they've been trying to reach all these years. Um, so it's a very niche group, but they've got them. They got them now. Hey, we got to get them. Yeah. So um, yeah, one hundred twenty dollars yeah. for a really nice um, uh, uh, puzzle and some slow movies. Rubik's cube. Yeah, Rubik's cube. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so usually we talk through all these, and Jill, I, I know you love all types of film, but your bread and butter is kind of classic Hollywood. Um, so yes. before I'm, I'm not going to list a bunch of movies, but is there anything like that's in the, this current release slate that jumps out at you? Well, that, um, the, uh, history is made at night. 
um, the Frank Borzaghi film mm. is, this has been a long time coming. It is so good. It's been ages since I've seen it. Um, and, um, uh, my friend Farron Nime is, yeah. um, they have an interview with her that she did back in 2019. Um, it's going to be on it. She's so excited about this too. This, this, uh, she's a champion of this film and, uh, uh, Dan Callahan has an essay in it. Um, this is just a really, really fantastic film. So make sure you pick this one up. Um, you will not be disappointed. And I, I need to talk, I'm Farron's my friend too. I need to talk to her about this. But um, yeah. But yeah, you know, I, I like the Brzezaghi. Is it Brzezaghi? I, I was. I've heard... always said Borzaghi, but you know, Borzaghi? that's okay. that's the or southerner Borzage. in me. Yeah. <laughs> I've so, n- I've never known, but uh, yeah, I think Moonrise is uh is his big one. Yes. Um, but yes. He, I mean, and he was kind of seen as like a, a journeyman um, director, but uh, really, I think he was pretty remarkable and and under underrated. But he but he did work a lot lot for the the studios. Um, and this and, film's just so and so romantic, and um, it has Charles Boyer and Jean Arthur. Mm-hmm. Jean Arthur is just, I love her so much. Me too, um, and, and I like Boyer's one. Really treat. Boyer's the 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 um, the French guy that acted in American movies. The you know he, he was in the Pepe right. Lamoco remake. Um, right. So um so of course yeah, but can't wait. Um, and you know I was I was gonna say let's talk talk about Oscar nominations, but. Yeah, I mean, are are you into Oscars now? No, I'm not, and and I will say, I mean, the only thing I I I am woefully behind on on this year's, I mean, really any new films. I I just I do want to say that, and I know everybody's been saying it, but I I've got to get it off my chest. <laughs> Delroy Lindo was yes. robbed. Yes, I know that. You know, I really enjoyed the Five Bloods. Um, I loved it. it was I among my favorites. I know. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was just exceptional. Um, I know that a lot of you know a lot of it was kind of a love hate with the film, but I thought it was exceptional. But even if the film didn't get nominations, fine, I understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Delroy was really, really fantastic. And I, I just feel like I'm I'm happy that the the nomination slate is is a diverse one. Yeah. A lot of great people are are getting recognition, but I, I felt like that was just really, um, not a great not a great one. It, big oversight there. Yeah, I, I, he, he, that's the one thing is there's buzz and you know you kind of kind of have an idea who's contenders and and Lindo, maybe maybe it's because the film was released you know. Six months ago, um, I, I do yeah. know that. Um, so I haven't seen Marini's Black Bottom yet, but I've heard that Bo- Bozeman has a really good monologue. And when I heard that, and I'm, I'm sure I, I hear he put on a very fine performance, and he's probably going to win. But I, I want to say, well, that's great. But have you seen Delroy's monologue? Um, that's maybe one. Of and the... honestly, I thought Chadwick was fantastic in Five Bloods. He was. I mean, yeah. Oh, he's amazing. You know, yeah, all of them were. You know, so I can't compare Ma Rainey to it. Um, you know, because, you know, I haven't seen it yet, but I just, um, yeah, you're probably right. That may be, and, and, you know, one of, you know, I thought, you know, this was, this was also released earlier on into the pandemic mm-hmm. and we've been so inundated with streaming options during all of this. And, you know, maybe that's part of, uh, 
part of why. I mean, it, again, it was it was not released dur- at you know when award season is ramping up. That that yeah. always has some you know people have short memories, but you know I feel like um, yeah. Yeah, it was. I, I just, but but no, no shade to Chadwick. I mean, I'm rest in peace. You know, I, I I I hope he wins. I, I I'm sure he's amazing. I will watch before the Oscars. But uh, but yeah, I like me some Delroy too. But um, Riz Ahmed is the first uh, Muslim. Um, I, I think Muslim or first Arab actor. I don't know his religion. Ever nominated um, for um, for Oscar uh, Oscar. Um, <laughs> an actor nomination, and and yeah, they're a very diverse group. Um, and um, Sound of Metal is uh, going to come to Criterion, and it's very good. And then there's also a documentary called Time, that was nominated that is also coming to Criterion. So there's um, and and I hear that's also an interesting. Um, I don't know if that's a a black filmmaker. I, I believe it is, but I haven't seen it, so I'm gonna wait. Um, there's one thing I have to ask you about while I have you yeah. before we get to our short takes. So, yeah. you know, I, I know you have a lot of opinions about studios and um, um, some positive, some negative, but mm-hmm. I, I, I want to see what you think about this. And I don't, I don't know if you've been following the Paramount situation. Yes. They have their streaming service. And I, I don't know, is Paramount a brand? Like, I, I know everybody knows The Mountain and they've seen, but do people, right. are, are they like a Disney or even a Warner? I don't know. I mean, when I, you know... I think of Paramount for me, I think of early Paramount. Me too. You know, I, I think of these are, you know, these Arzner films, Yeah. you know, which, um, you know, those are now, uh, universal. I believe universal owns those. I think all the, I think all the Paramount's pre 1944, I believe. Um, no, I don't think of them at all. Mm-hmm. I think um, of the Paramount decision <laughs> mostly. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I mean, I guess anything I think I think of it's uh, their. Uh, I think of CBS because mm-hmm. a lot of the old CBS shows are are Paramount uh, distributed by, or by Paramount. So, um, yeah, I'm glad that they're putting. You know they've got the um, they're putting some of these films out on 4K. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm 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 glad that they seem to be committed to that. Um, I will say that uh, I I've ordered a bunch of films on the on the uh, Criterion flash sale this last flash sale, and um, I thought, oh, I'll get Days of Heaven. At the next sale. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Jay. I had just, it's just one of it's just one of those that I, you know, it's always there, right? And mm-hmm. so I'm like, all right, yeah. I'll get it at the next one. It's fine. And I didn't get it, and then you know, it's it's out, and I'm like, shit. Mm-hmm. And so I found it on Barnes and Noble, full price, and I was like, oh, that's fine. I'll I'll get it. I just want it. And they sent me an email <laughs> yesterday that said they can't fulfill it. I was oh. like, no. That's, um, but I, you know, I think on the, on the streaming service, I, we've talked about this before. We are still in the wild west Mm -hmm. of this. Um, and everybody wants to kind of stake their claim and it's going to be very interesting to see how they fare in this. Um, they have some, 
things that they're able to pull in viewers with, like the uh, the real world thing. Yeah. That's them, right? <laughs> it's not, yeah. I, I don't know. It's so, not, not not getting me though. I've I've looked at their. I, I they, they published the lineup, the film lineup that they're uh, going to launch with, and yeah, I'm I'm. I don't even think it has yeah. a lot of these films. Uh, you know, like uh, no. Don't Look Now, Harold no. and Maude, Nashville, Rosemary's Baby. Um, so, I mean, I'm glad that, I'm glad that they're going to release those. I mean, I'm, I'm sad that they're uh, they're not renewing with Criterion, but I am glad that they're they're committing to release them. I mean, it, it, the the because for me, you know, my my main thing is access, and so as mm-hmm. long as as the films are available for for people to to buy for their home library. I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, you know, I'm not fine with say, you know, Disney acquires Fox and then they're not going to allow theaters to, to show their movies or whatever. So that's, so at least they seem to be doing that. But the, but this, this streaming service looks extremely underwhelming. Yeah. I'm, I'm not impressed by that. And I think it's weird that they, you know, in 2021 with this, these streaming wars that they decide to launch a, a, a boutique Blu-ray or 4k Blu-ray uh, physical media. But you know, if you want a days of heaven um, movie, it's, I'm sure it looks great. It's a great movie. Um, that I, cover art. The cover there. is a hundred percent shittier. <laughs> Just hide it on the shelf. You know, I'm sure they, this. I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe somebody can like you know Xerox me the Criterion <laughs> artwork, you know, and I can just make a bootleg with the the new 4K release. Yeah, just just <laughs> reprint the 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 cover and just throw the other one away and then uh, really or i could pay two hundred dollars which is what it's going for yeah, right I now know. on ebay good grief and, and that's the thing with you know it's not a, an anti-corporate um but just the the idea that you would take this film and somebody would have an idea the thought that oh this cover fits it's like okay did you watch this film um do you have any idea what this and is about someone did say that the i believe there that was part of that was original artwork like oh, really? maybe the okay. the font was, but it's really really terrible. <laughs> it's <laughs> so yeah yeah, you know. yeah maybe maybe but uh, but yeah the Criterion one is is um, yeah leagues better. So um, yes, well I, I, let's let's get to your short takes and I think yours is uh, going to be pretty interesting this time. I'm 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 really waiting on bated breath. So short takes so, are just criterions we've seen lately. And, uh, you know, I, I, I told you asked and you're like, can I do three? And I was like, yeah, sure. So, um, let's hear it. So let me, let me explain that, you know, I kind of talked earlier about how, you know, I, I wasn't extremely productive on some of my extra projects over the last year. Cause it's just been, you know, it's just enough to just survive in all of this. And, sure. but one thing that I, I found that kind of, um, was a victim of the, of this pandemic was, you know, I just stopped watching movies Really, and, you know, I don't, and I don't know why, um, you know, everybody was kind of plowing through their watch lists and I could not, you know, I would, we would watch maybe a family movie, uh, with Ellie or, or something like that, but I could not, it was like, I could not find enough mental capacity to sit down and do it. Um, I couldn't shut my brain off long enough to do it. And so, um, uh, outside of like for work, basically, I just mm-hmm. couldn't, I could not find the joy in it. 
And that was just really depressing. Um, and so a few weeks ago, I just had a moment where I was like, you know, I miss movies. I don't know how to watch them again and enjoy them, but I miss them. And I actually, uh, my friend, Alan Rohde, he sent me, he sent me a movie in the mail that he worked on and, uh, which was very sweet of him. And I had a lot of people making suggestions about what to watch to help me get me out of my funk. And, uh, I decided to go to three, I watched four movies this day, but three of them are Criterion, and I, I watched Wings of Desire. Good one. And yeah. I watched uh, Only Angels Have Wings. Mm. I see a thing. And theme. I watched the, the Life and Death of Colonel Blimp. Masterpiece. And all three of these films were strange, sad, mm -hmm. and uplifting. And reminded me of the beauty of filmmaking and, um, and the wings of desire. So you go, well, why, how does life and death of Colonel Blimp fit into this? Um, but there is, um, and maybe I should have gone with, uh, um, a matter of life and death hmm. because in wings of desire, there's a shot um, it's actually the library they're in and the scene, the ceiling, uh, have these like circular skylights and the very, you know, for the first time when I was watching this, I go, Oh my God, that's uh, a matter of life and death hmm. when they're in the, uh, in the terminal in, uh, in heaven and, and, uh, in black and white. And you see those big round open circles that they're looking down in. And so it, I had kind of this moment of, Oh, that's a, that's a similar shot. And so, but I went with a pal and Pressburger and I went with, went with one that I love so much because of Roger Livesey and, oh, and, great. um, and so those three films just really, um, and then the fourth film again was, um, not a criterion, but it was Gosford park. I wanted an Altman oh, and that good, was okay. kind of the one I went with. Yeah. We revisited um, revisit that, uh, before the pandemic. It's so great. It's and good, I, yeah. and I, and I've seen it, I've seen it so many times and, and mm -hmm. again, like an alt with an Altman film, you have all of the, you have to watch them a million times because there's so much conversation going on, especially in mm -hmm. so many layers. Nashville is like that too. Um, out of print. But these three Paramount. films, um, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> out of print, damn it, which I have, I didn't have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. I actually have the dual format of that one. Nice. Um, but these three films are just so beautiful and, um, I'm happy to report they kind of brought me back from my movie watching funk. So, awesome. um, and made, it made me, um, realize how how much i've missed it how much i love it um so yeah yeah though that that's what that those were my three i get it and i i haven't quite been there um i mean that's that's tough i i know i know how much you love film um i found this last year that i was going for comfort films uh you know i, yeah. I watched tiger king and i loved it <laughs> but that's not a movie <laughs> i should love <laughs> um and lots no, like it no. Um, so, well, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that. And, and that's, yeah. you know, perfect, uh, uh, 
reason to have numerous short takes, but uh, three great films too. And I, I, actually, I think Wings of Desire is like a great. I hate to be punny, but um, you know, kind of like a launching pad to um, you know, to float back into the film world. Um, I, I yeah, I, we oh, saw, absolutely. We saw that in theaters one time at a film festival, and the print broke halfway through. And I was like, "You're you're kidding oh, me!" God. But it's a beautiful movie, and Peter Falk. And, yeah, and that. And that was the first one that I that I watched in this in this uh, series of, fil- of my little mini film festival. It was Jill needs to love film again film mm-hmm. fu- film festival, <laughs> and that was the first one I put on. And and Thomas had never seen it, and um, it just is. I mean, so much of it is so, so sad. <laughs> um, yeah, and no, it's it not. is. <laughs> And then it's not, and then it's, yeah. and then it's just, be, it's just beautiful. And, and so, um, yeah, it did the trick. I was just talking with my wife about, uh, Minari, which is an Oscar film that you probably haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. And, and I it's, haven't, but I need to, it has some people with life challenges and it's a different kind of people kind of, we were talking about streetwise, you know, people that aren't portrayed very much, you know, it's immigrant experience in the, in the deep South, but you never, there's, yeah. I don't, I don't know of any movies about that. Um, and there are struggles, and but it's really just uplifting, even though, uh, and, but yet another friend of us, ours, ours called it misery porn. So, you know, I, I could see somebody saying Wings of Desire is misery porn, but, you know, it's not. It's uplifting in a way, but you just have to find the uh, the, the silver lining in the melancholy, I guess. Right. Right. No, there's beauty. There's beauty in it. I mean, there's totally. I mean, I don't I don't think that at all. I think there's just and you know, you also have to take into account the politics of the time in which mm-hmm. it was made and the setting. And, you know, it, it is, um, no, there's beauty. There's absolute beauty in the melancholy. I mean, it is gut wrenching for a lot of that film, the loneliness, the despair, the, the, the wanting to feel that the wanting to feel human, um, and it was all things that I could in my own, like uh, little self pity party, you know, was able to kind of tap into and kind of get some, you know, emotions out. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I don't think it's misery porn at all. I yeah. think it's, it's just part of life and it's, it's beautiful. It's painful and beautiful. And, you know, and thinking about wings uh, and blimp, you know, there, those aren't exactly, walks in the park, you know, it's a one person, no. I mean, it's, you know, t- talking about danger and the other one about, um, you know, aging and misunderstanding right. the, the political and irrelevant and becoming irrelevant yep. and, and witnessing um, his, his obsolescence. Right. And, and with only angels have wings, you know, you have this kind of, um, you know, macho guy, um, that, uh, his vulnerability is exposed um, to this woman he's just met, and she kind of helps bring bring that out of him. And um, you know, it, it, that's that's a hell of a triple feature. Let me tell you, I <laughs> yeah. recommend it. And I Gosford Park, I'm, 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 I have a, a theory about Gosford Park that I'm going to share with you offline because oh, it, yeah. it'll spoil the sure. film, but. Uh, um, okay, I want to hear it. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to get to mine, and I'm, I'm kind of going to cheat a little bit too because um, I'm with my, some of my free time, and and I some of my time with more time was free lately, which is great. And I'm going to do a little more podcasting, 
which um, I'm looking forward to. But I, I decided to take a class on um, an online class on 70s American cinema. And oh, so my short take is Five Easy Pieces, which is, uh, you know, famous Rafelson uh, film uh, and, and, you know, one of the early Jack performances. And of course, Jack mm-hmm. plays angry like he, he always does and manic <laughs> and he's good but really good female supporting performances in that and that's what, what i picked up on this viewing of it um uh, yeah really really great movie not just because of jack <laughs> um right and then um also uh the conversation which you know you t- want to oh, talk yeah. about isolation and loneliness you know gene hackman in that movie i mean that's that's a tough movie to um I heard it was one of the toughest that uh, he in toughest experiences going into the into a, mm-hmm. uh, a role um, that uh, that he's ever had, and uh, and mm-hmm. the teacher uh, gave some anecdotes about uh, some things said about that that experience with Hackman. So that yeah, that's a tough one. And and then finally, Ozana's Raid. Um, boy, I forget the director, but uh, that that one blew me away. That's one of the discoveries I, I had not seen it before. I have not seen that. It's really good. Um, it's uh, and that's uh, Burt Lancaster, right? And Lancaster is great. And, and you know, I, frankly, I think Lancaster doesn't get his proper due. I mean, he was a mega star. Oh, it was Aldrich, right. Robert Aldrich, of course. Okay. Uh, uh, and um, but Lancaster's, uh, you know, he, you know, I, I think like a lot of times he he did, uh, you know, popular films or whatever, uh, and then you you get The Swimmer or something every now and then or Birdman. But in this one, this is a completely different character. I've never seen him play, and um, kind of like a Zen uh, uh, cowboy in a way. Uh, and, oh, um, okay. Sort of, yeah. Um, so yeah, <laughs> Lancaster's great. Lancaster and Zen. I don't normally put those two together because he just <laughs> he tears onto the screen and raises hell. But I'm gonna have to check this out. Yeah, it's it's like a revisionist western, and uh, yeah. But it's 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 yeah, and. It, of course, I won't go go into the um, you know the the plot because uh, it, it's actually pretty underseen, which is surprising for for Lancaster and Aldrich, and it's um, one of uh, Bruce Davison's early performances, and oh, he's, okay. he plays kind of like the the naive underling. Um, cool. So yeah, I but, love me a good '70s revisionist western. They're great. Yeah, I, I highly recommend this one. I was, it was probably going to be the, okay, cool. the 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 surprise of the um of of the uh, the the course now. Probably it's not on the level of Wings of Desire. It's going to be a little more entertainment value. Um, so. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that wing, we nothing. can't always watch high art. Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not knocking Wings of Desire. I, I love floating <laughs> and flying, but um, but yeah. So so do you have a, a piece of flair? Since I kind of gave mine. I do, I do. Um, so you know, going back to not watching a lot of movies but what i have been watching is a lot of television and um actually before the pandemic i had bought the complete colombo box set nice and uh and you know i've i've seen i grew up with colombo but i had you know there was a lot i realized there was a lot i hadn't seen all the way through and i decided to do a uh chronological watch and so back in i think it was like maybe February of last year I started and, and I don't, you know, I, it's not like I'm, I'm not binging this. Um, you know, there, I may watch one a week. I may go a month not watching. Um, but yeah, so I've, I've been watching that and, uh, the most recent, um, episodes, um, 
you know, there was one directed by Ben Gazzara. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, there was, uh, you know, Patrick McGuhan, um, also stars in a few and he direct, you know, directed. And of course, you know, um, there's some with John Cassavetes, you know, he and Falk were good friends and worked together many times. And Gazzara uh, too. So, yeah. That's right. And, uh, and so, uh, yeah, I've just been kind of enjoying that. So it's, it's, it's fun to see. And, and if, and you know, you say, uh, you're watching Columbo and I've, I've, some of my friends are kind of making fun of me for that. <laughs> but if, if you are, um, you know, if you love, uh, film and if you love, especially like 70s cinema, you got to get on it because, uh, there are some, you know, you know, a lot of the old Hollywood, folks turn up, but, um, there's, there's some really great, I mean, I, really great filmmaking, I think that's going on, um, huh. with some of these episodes, some really funky stuff. I mean, Ben Gazar is a great director. Um, he, uh, did a few episodes and there's one directed by Steven Spielberg. Um, so there's, um, you know, I, I just watched one with Jack Cassidy, um, and, um, uh, he's in three or four of them, Robert Culp, um, Dean Stockwell, uh, Robert Vaughn, uh, Myrna Loy is in one. Oh, wow. I mean, there's just, I mean, uh, Dick Van Dyke. I mean, these are, these are just really, really great, um, episodes and they're formulaic, mm. but, um, Peter Falk is just terrific. And to to tie it with Wings of Desire, I mean, you know, he's playing himself in that. But if you uh, <laughs> if you watch Columbo, his role in Wings of Desire is even better. So. Interesting. I, I've seen a couple episodes, you know, back when it was, you know, on the original run. I think it was on for like 20 seasons or something. It like. was on for, it was, there's not that many episodes, mm -hmm. but they're, um, because they were there, a lot of them are feature length. I mean, they were, it's really? an event, wow. you know, it's a lot of them are, are well over an hour long. Some of them are two hours long. Um, and so there's not, you know, one season may only have seven episodes in it. Hmm. So it was on forever and then it went off and then it came back in the, in the, uh, I think in the early 2000s, he had some episodes, some like special movies, huh. but the, the peak first, like six seasons or so they're just, it's exceptional. Uh, Ruth Gordon's in one. Oh. I mean, it, it, they're, they're a lot of fun. I highly recommend checking it out. Well, to, to, to connect, uh, you know, that with wings and a desire, um, I'll say that one of the, in my, in my class, we're watching uh, Mike, Mikey and Nikki in a, a couple weeks, yeah. which is another great uh, Falk role, one of many. Yeah, rest in peace. So yeah. awesome. Well, Jill, great to talk to you. Um, it was wonderful talking to you, too. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been way too long. Uh, so I where know. I know where, but where can people find <laughs> you online? <laughs> oh, you can find me ranting and raving over on Twitter. I am Biscuit Kitten. And, um, and then, uh, I have my podcast with, uh, Wade Sheeler, uh, DWT drinking while talking. We hadn't had kind of gone on a, a little hiatus, um, just because it was kind of hard to, 
schedule, but we should be recording another episode uh, on that soon. So awesome. be looking for that. Yeah. yeah. G- give Wade my best. Uh, I will. I will. You can find us at Criterion Cast and uh, yeah, Criterion Cast. Don't fo- don't follow me. Uh, go to the Criterion Now group and uh, and complain about the one car why uh, packaging and uh, and please uh, you know let's talk about uh, this episode. Jill's Jill's always a pleasure. So 